Everybody, you're listening to Invasion of Privacy with Kate Wolf. Coming in today is special guest John the Topple Couple. Don't try to out zing this guy, he'll hit you with a couple doozies. And always, we have CG Erickson, who I just recently found out is part giant. <laughs> oh. I'm Mark Rigadana. Thank you for tuning in. And Kate, take it away. Yeah, oh. boy. <laughs> Yeah, that was some good shit, bro. <laughs> Which, where that intro came from, see, I finally saw a picture of you and Kate next to each other, and I'm like, holy shit, the guy's a giant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, her tiny body makes me look enormous. <laughs> like, oh, he is enormous. Siege is a monster of a man. He's terrifying. Kate's tiny body next to me, it, it, it only can help. Yeah. See, John's cool. Jewish. I'm Italian. You came from the tree people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Listen, I I have partied with this guy a lot. When he starts to get tuned up and excited and he gets a crazy look in his eyes, there is a part of you that's like, I don't want to upset him. <laughs> like, yeah. This is going well, but it could all turn very fast. I'm going to stay on the good side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just agree with everything he says. <laughs> You're That's right. Why I'm time when I get wasted, I guess. <laughs> I'm so chill. <laughs> I can't say anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're oh on fire. God. Well, okay. So that <laughs> threw me for a loop, but I, no, no, I, but like, definitely, guys. Kate's tiny body helps me look huge. Okay. And like muscular big too, because like she she's she's slim as well. Those are the guns. And on Skype, that's 10 times bigger. She's showing the guns right now. That's no, 10 times bigger than in real life. Doesn't it put on the camera puts on 20 pounds? So okay. you just saw the gun show from Kate. And so it makes me look kind of huge. So it's I'm only doing shoots next to her now. I am five foot four, which people like to make fun of. You're so short. It's actually the average height for women. So I'm not short. I'm normal. And I have curves as well. I'm not just this. Exactly. CG's like six foot six or something. Like that's huge. Okay. I am normal size. I am tiny. You are actually big. Thank you. Because you're making me sound like, because everyone's like, oh, she's, people like to call me a shrimp boat. I'm not a shrimp boat. I'm five four. <laughs> Who called you a shrimp Who, boat? Who's called you a shrimp boat? Even growing up, Those I had bastards. Yeah, everyone calling me a shrimp boat. And you know what? My mom's five foot one. She's a shrimp boat. I am five foot four, the average height for, and there's nothing wrong with shrimp boats. Yeah. Cute women, you know what I mean? But I'm actually five four. I'm not that short. I yeah, let, shrimp let's, boat is very hurtful. It's not even a curse or anything, but it's extremely hurtful. I, I'm I'm upset to hear that anybody was body shaming Kate when she's normal, and you've got these huge freaks like Siege walking around, and these little pieces of shit like. <laughs> we shouldn't be body shaming Kate. 
all right? There's so many people that are worthy of our scorn, and we should maybe look at them. Siege is a freak, all right? He's uh, he's got like a glandular problem. <laughs> it's like the guy from uh, what was that show, Game of Thrones? <laughs> the mountain. <laughs> yeah, I just watched a Tosh.0 thing yesterday about this guy who was an arm wrestling champion and like one of the, half of his body was ridiculously huge. And since he was from one of those shit parts of the country, the doctors never figured it out. He was like, I don't know. The doctor said it's all right, but I don't know. And he wasn't all right. It was just like half his body was huge. That happened to Siege's whole body. <laughs> and no doctor knows what happened. I can't believe this is how boys or men are allowed to talk to each other. Like, I would never be in a... If, if I was in with my girlfriends and they were like, Kate, your freakish, distorted body, I would be like, I hate all of you! Dude, it's hilarious. Well, they, they, that's that's the hilarious shrimp boat. <laughs> <laughs> the best part about getting ripped on as a guy is putting on a happy face and just like saving it all for later for when you're by yourself <laughs> and you can really process all of the pain. Like, I'm so big. God damn it. Everyone knows now. I should have never taken those pictures. That's going to happen definitely tonight when I'm laying in bed alone. He looks like and then the darkness creeps over you. And then all your bad thoughts start to come. I'm so big, my feet don't even fit in this bed. <laughs> <laughs> bad shit happens, bro. But yeah. right now, it's funny as shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's shit and like it's, it's extra satisfying knowing it's going to happen to the person <laughs> later. <laughs> it's going to keep you up at night, but it's going to make me sleep. <laughs> like an angel. And so, just know that you're feeding my insecurities to feel better about me, you know? I, the yeah. fact that we're talking about how you're a giant, like you, you might be the spawn of Andre the Giant, makes me think you guys aren't going to talk about my gigantic beer belly. So, I, I think this is a win-win for me. I'm not going to talk about anything that has to do with size anymore because it's going to point to my freakishly abnormal size. See, bullying is good. You're never going to bully someone because you're going to – I don't want to get bullied. So bullying actually exactly. ended up winning. But you're sure no siege because the last thing he would ever do is bully someone. Let me tell yeah. you, as someone that's been tight with this guy for 25 years, that's the last thing he would ever want to do. I hate bullying. I love losers and people <laughs> less less than us. I love them. Sorry, that was that came out terrible. <laughs> out fucking terrible. I like losers and nerds. I, they're my favorite people. Is nerds and especially when I give them wedgies. And, you know that when they cry because and hoping the elastic rips. That's. No, but it's, I'm the kind of guy who like helps him up afterwards and like, hey man, come grab a soda. <laughs> That's the kind of kid I am. Like after it's gone, all my, all my big bully friends have left and everything. And I'm still there. I pick him up off the dirt and I'm I'm like, come on, Slugger, let's get, get go get a soda because that person provided us with like great entertainment for a little while. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You're thankful. Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like they're my friend a little bit. 
Yeah. And it makes it easier to tee them up for the next time if you're nice when all the other dickheads leave and you're like, listen, pal, you know, I was just messing around. Let's just get something to drink. We're good. And then the next time all your boys are around again, you'd be like, oh, you little hairy sack of shit. (laughs) Wait, we're making fun of hairy people? Not cool. (laughs) (laughs) Not Sorry, Mark, it was your turn. That's why we have to be careful. There's always somebody in the room with some defect that that we're not supposed to make fun of. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I have a few more. I'm I'm hoping you all didn't notice, but. Yeah. What started out as a compliment has now become, you know, I I mean, we got Shrimp Boat and the Jolly Green Giant. (laughs) And I, I, I meant it as a full compliment. I know. No, I definitely believe that. I definitely believe that. But John is here. Yeah. And, uh, you can't let anything John go will abuse nice. me if the, if the time comes. That's now why that I, I am physically start. perfect, I'm just ready to attack. I know. All losing all that weight. You became this god on what diet are you on? I'm doing Noom. What's that? Goddamn Noom. Oh, there's Noom. commercials are everywhere. It's just, there's it's an Noom. app and it helps you to stay on track. And it gives okay. you some lessons about uh, nutrition and psychology. And um, yeah, so, which part of Noom told you to put out that cigar on my back? That was really rude. <laughs> Sometimes you got to improvise, buddy. That's the I part was, that I between you, the lines. That's the part that tells you liquor has less calories than beer. And so he's just started doing that. It was a little <laughs> fucking haywire. You know what I mean? He's, He's like an abusive so Hannibal. The fact the that you're so slim, like the alcohol doesn't really have any place to go. So you're just full of liquor, like liquor's running through your blood. You're skinny and gorgeous. And you're just doing <laughs> just flicking cigars at motherfuckers. Yeah, dude, it, it can take over your head a little bit when you start to slim down. Yeah. California diet or whatever. Nah. Yeah. Those people it's- become monsters. Yeah, what, once we're done social distancing, I'm just putting smokes out on everybody's backs and arms and legs. I didn't even smoke before this. I just, there's 20 people in the room. <laughs> you're on the, you're not on the California diet. You're on the like fucking South Saigon diet <laughs> via Vietnam, like during. In the in the shit, nineteen seventy. In the shit, diet. <laughs> yeah. this, gorgeous, this gorgeous son of a bitch, you know, out here went to his head. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go sleep in a a, a rat filled tank <laughs> that made out of bamboo in a swamp just so I can get that copple body. See, co- copple. I think, dude, once you, if you start doing the tanning, I won't yeah. even be able to hang out with you anymore. <laughs> I know. Oh, just totally embrace like a midlife crisis, start tanning and shit too. Cross them tips, bro. That's a really good idea. All bright white and like, dude, like, like I ain't even gonna hang out with you anymore because you like, I won't be able to get. You won't. Yeah, he'll be at the country. No respect next year. I'll be your ugly, ugly friend. I don't want to be somebody's ugly friend who like. your scraps. Can you keep me around to be like the fat funny guy around you? Yeah, oh, come get him, bro. <laughs> Rick and Donna's are going to be there to help me really pop. Yeah. I think you frost the tips. Go get your asshole bleached. Get that coffee <laughs> ring right off there. Oh, wow. That's, that's a really good plan. I got to say, just yesterday, I was telling my wife that, like, I can – 
I'm starting to understand how eating disorders can happen because I've lost a lot of weight and I'm, I would never have one because I love food too much and I'm just not vain enough. But as I keep losing weight, I look at myself with my shirt off. I'm like, yeah, it's still not great. <laughs> it's like, what's it going to, and I start yelling. I'm like, what's it going to take? Like what to get like really looking like. You gotta start. Right. That sounds like you have a full-fledged eating disorder right now, actually, with what you just described. I'm not gonna lie. When I was looking in your window and I saw you in the fetal position crying, I thought it was a little weird. But I, I mean, I've never dieted, so like, I don't know if that was part of the process. I promise you, I've been doing that the whole time before I lost the weight. That's just part of the routine. <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel like it's definitely stressful, but I want to do, they did this on a show I was watching, like a Rod, Rob Durdick show, and they did Operation Mandime, and, they, and he turned to one of his friends, he was like, dude, if you like, you know, it, the, the friend, the only thing he had was bad teeth. So he was like, yo, dude, we're going to take you to the dentist, get you the full John, the $15,000 Jones. And they call it an Operation Man Dime. And he went and he had the <laughs> operation. And they were on the cat with the camera on. They're like, dude, you're fucking gorgeous. He was like, leave me alone. <laughs> so much pain from getting his whole mouth just sur surgery on his whole mouth. Had these big ass white horse teeth all over the whole joint. It was funny as shit. But we I got you the Gary Buseys. Man Dime that we all do it. We all do whatever it is, the best beautifying techniques. We all do Operation Man Dime. I think that would be fantastic. Wait, me too? Man Dime. How, how do you do Operation Man Dime, Pete? Operation Man Dime. That's what we we're going to call this, right? I mean, you could do Operation Dime Piece. Okay. You're like okay. a nine and a half already. <laughs> like, it's not even that fun. Uh, can I just tell you guys no, well, I love you? <laughs> I love all of you. I want to be a part of this. I want to be a Operation Dime piece. I, yeah. I don't want to be left out. I want to be, you're you in. know, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm going to go. You just oversee Operation Man Dime. You just make sure none of us like fall out from the diets or like, you know, you make sure like we have all our like, before we go to bed, we have our masks on, like our creams and everything like that. Kate, like, a critical component of all this is keeping a steady flow of emotional and psychological abuse. That way we know that if one of us fucks up, you can be like, Oh, because you think that this hair is working for you. That's interesting <laughs> that we discussed it. We knew what was going to fix you, but you can't commit to a regimen. So yeah. that's fine. And just passive aggressive works for me. If you You're want like, to can we do me. operation man time with just two men? Like you yell that to somebody else, you yell that to the producer or something. Can we still do it with just two guys? We can. Okay, great. Great. John, we got a meeting that we have to have in the back. You're losing your job. <laughs> no, they just bring you out a check. Like they do on like job sites. For <laughs> they just bring you out a check. Like, Hey man, here you go. Like in the middle of the week, not when you get paychecks, they bring you your check out. And then, you know, like they, you open your check and you get all sad. Cause that means you got laid off. I think we're going to do one of those. Maybe if somebody's fucking up, we have yeah. to do those. You have to get laid off if you're fucking up. Yeah, and and everybody else will huddle up and look over and be like, <laughs> this, no, yeah, this sounds like a really abusive Operation Dime piece. I was thinking more like, for me, even though you guys didn't include me in it in that way, I need more stuff. 
My Operation Dime piece, my next thing is as it gets nicer, I want more sun. Even here in Pennsylvania or in New Jersey, I want to get, because I think that makes anyone, not like to the point where you dry out all of your we skin. Want, we want you to look like a piece of leather. <laughs> exactly. Uh -huh, no, okay. I think that's a great idea. I think people would love to watch a show where a girl goes from a 9.8 to a 10. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, and inspirational too. Look, yeah. I think our show is going to be more like The Biggest Loser, but instead of turning somebody who's like a zero into a four, you turn people who are like fives or sixes into a ten. That's what we're all doing. Average men, which we're not exactly, but I want to make average men into dime pieces. That's what <laughs> this show is going to be. This is your passion now? <laughs> this is your life's work? I would, and maybe just take the like the motivational check. Like, listen, I love you guys as much as I could possibly love mediocre-looking guys. <laughs> we're gonna take it to the next level. Imagine where this could go if you were hot, and then you could come up. I you could like even have so images developed more. of like this is what hot you is going to look like. And we'd be like, oh, oh my god! And your wife's looking at him. They're like, holy shit! <laughs> oh Got to do this show. But it's actually it just like a picture a lot of plastic surgery. <laughs> this is what we want you to. This is the end result. If you do everything right, you can look like this. It's just yeah. his picture. And yeah. I'm like, how did you shrink me to like five eight? I just <laughs> normal human size. You can do that. Oh my god! And then a tear rolls down my eye. <laughs> I'm like, where do I sign up? Yeah, dude, I'm down. You see, this is this is why you can make fun of Siege for being six six, and he can pretend to be sad about it. If he woke up tomorrow morning, five foot eight, with all of the tough things that Siege has lived through, if he woke up tomorrow five foot eight, he wouldn't stop crying for like three years straight. He would be so oh my God, no! What have you done? Yeah, dude. Can't even dunk a basketball day. anymore. Life's over, man. That'll be a hard day, dude. I'm not gonna lie to you. But you know what I do? First thing I do, I go start taking plane trips everywhere because I could fit in the seats now. That <laughs> was always a nightmare before. Absolute nightmare. Yeah, that's relatable. By the way, see, speaking of dunking, you you heal like the Wolverine. Thank you. Okay, I still it's see. Rickadonna doesn't know about the yeah. Dunk. Tell Mark. There was a little slam dunking incident where my girlfriend didn't believe I could slam dunk. And I said, you don't believe I can slam dunk? And she, you know, basically was like, listen, you're 40 years old. You couldn't dunk in high school. You were close, but you couldn't. She knew this because we've known each other for a long time. And uh, was basically egging me on, you can't dunk. And I think she was hey, with how me. Dare I think you. she knew I could dunk because I'm giant. Siege. And then... I went to jump up on the nine-foot hoop, which she didn't know was nine feet. It wasn't ten feet. It was nine feet. But I knew Kate didn't know that. And then, and then when I came down, it was still real icy out. And there was like this big, there was like this big thing. It was like a portable basketball hoop. So there's this big thing under it. Slipped, face plant, and it was like my face slid against concrete. Like in slow motion, it was like my whole face and ear slid across the concrete. So oh, that's what happened. Your, your ear so was like an like, eraser. It's all my fault. That's a really exactly. cute way of describing that. Um, 
but yeah, you you got too ambitious. Did you dunk it? Yeah, I dunked it. Oh, fuck yeah. I proved like it. Well, wait, wait a second. Are we going to just gloss over the fact that it was nine feet? We're going to pretend that this was... <laughs> I didn't know until right this, now that it was nine feet. I'm so disappointed. Listen, this is the point. I didn't know. And dunk on ten feet, but I need to be warmed up playing some ball to do that shit. And I was in flip-flops outside. <laughs> in flip-flops? I was in, in flip-flops outside. And, um, you know, it was spur of the moment, and I'm not warmed up. We're just chilling. <laughs> Having dinner, picnic style, and then you know, the way to go. decide it's a great idea. Like you know, like she doesn't believe me, and I knew she didn't know it was nine feet. Wait, Kate was I there for this. Kate was the reason for it. Oh my god, that's so funny, you goofy <laughs> bastard! You decided to dunk in your sandals, and then you slipped and fell on the ice and dragged your face. Oh yeah, Holy I, shit. it was a horrible, Wait, horrible I, accident, and now. It was because, because she wasn't even that serious. But I was like, "Who can't dunk?" I basically got had to man it up. Was honestly, traumatizing because he was bleeding, um, like his ears. Were um, so for me, like, I'd rather they didn't know the true horror of the story. <laughs> I'd rather they didn't know how mangled I, I got from trying to do that. Yeah, I'm and so I would have preferred at least it was a ten foot hoop when I did when that happened. Oh. <laughs> and then Coppo and I were on the other side of the court going, that's a nine foot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I could do it in flip flops because I knew it was nine feet. I legit bragged about you to my wife. I bragged for her. I was like, look what happened to Siege. He did a dunking. Yeah. Yeah, he's dunking and shit. I didn't know it was on nine feet, dork. <laughs> No, look. I Hold on. Let me take that man card back. I keep back. on 10, <laughs> but you have to watch me play an entire game of basketball to see it happen once. It's got to be in the zone, you know, on a fast break or something, and I'm already warmed up. Then I can dunk. But I can't just jump, jump up there and dunk for you just straight up. That's ridiculous. I, I don't <laughs> even think I can touch the net. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to be honest right now. I don't think I can touch the net. I'll be honest, ever since I found out that Siege got really into basketball, I got a hoop in my driveway. When I'm, whenever I'm shooting around, I'm like doing pump fakes and taking imaginary Siege to the hole. Like I have a whole rivalry going in my play. head that you don't know about. I can't wait till we play. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Because gonna... I know you can play, dude. You, like, like you're one of the only like Jewish kids who like was like could school you in basketball. It was like it was like I don't remember any I know you went to camp that you said there was a lot of other Jewish kids who could school you in basketball too. Was that right? No, 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 no. I went to camp and I was the illest athlete around. And in the beginning, the first week or so of camp, I'd be like, wow, these kids, it's like everything just got easier. They're slower, they're shorter, they're less coordinated. By the end of the they're summer, I would dilute myself and be like I might be the best basketball player in my school now because clearly I'm amazing. And then I'd play with people and be like, oh, no, I'm just all right. <laughs> it's just like everything would refocus immediately upon camp being over. I mean, no, you weren't a joke, though. You weren't a joke in basketball. Oh, thanks, bro. And we'll see. Not, you didn't have, like, the size for it or anything like that at all. You know what I mean? You were just, like, 
You were little size. Crafty. We're bad. Yeah, no, I'm um I'm short and I'm not particularly fast, but you know, I I got I got some moves. I got a jumper. Well, how tall are you, Coppola? You're not that short. I I've I'm five eight. I've been calling myself five nine for most of my life, but I'm ready to admit that I'm like I think I'm five eight. I think you just shrank an inch. It's possible. <laughs> See, I will never play basketball with you guys when you get together to do that. <laughs> It won't happen because I'm going to go up for a layup and you guys are going to be like, look at Super Mario. (laughs) I am so unbasketball player. I can barely I don't think there's any reason that any 40-year-old should be playing basketball anyway. For any, like, 40-year-old man, like, especially with a family to be playing basketball, it's just strange. But we're going to be doing it. It's a great way to get hurt. Oh, yeah. Dude, we'll all be injured in no time. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm about it. Listen, George Clooney, he plays basketball on the set. Obama was was playing basketball with everyone. Yeah, he was in the White assholes. House. <laughs> <laughs> there are people that, that like, like you look at them and you still they look like Clooney looks like he did when he was on Roseanne. The only thing that changed was his haircut. Mm. Wait, they're wait, assholes. They're from Roseanne. A, yeah, he was Booker. He dated uh, uh, Lori Metcalf. Oh. I didn't know he that. He had a sweet mullet. All right, facts of life, George. I didn't think they had anyone attractive on Roseanne. I thought that was like the point of the show. Oh, he was on it. He was oh, playing wow. blue-collar, handsome George Clooney. I mean, because he's a man-dime, but um, and, and I didn't th- Maybe that's why they did that. Maybe, like, we got we got to add some sex appeal to the show. <laughs> they were Yo, like, young Clooney. Maybe John we get Clooney. George Clooney out here to get John Goodman to start shaping up. <laughs> we don't want to lose him to a heart attack. <laughs> Did you see him in The Gambler, in the movie The Gambler, by any chance? He looked bad. He was husky. He, he was like melting over himself husky in, in, that, in that movie. John Goodman? I love him, though. I love the yeah. part he played. Um, I yeah, loved he was good. Yeah, yeah, but like he was, yeah, he got like. Was that around the time of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Because John Goodman was never small, but he got to a point where he got super big before now he's, like, way more manageable. Mm. By the way, what are we doing? (laughs) I had to turn off my light because it it was hurting my eyes. Kate, Kate, this is not a a hack show, okay? Turn on your (laughs) Hollywood lighting immediately. That's why we bought them, so we could look. The Hollywood lighting starting to hurt my eyes. Oh, it hurts my eyes terribly. You're burning my retinas right now. But that's okay. what you do for fame. Fine. Guys, we're all the same age. Did any of you guys have the Clooney cut when he was on <laughs> ER? Cut. What oh, the, the Caesar. The Caesar. Um, so I always had long hair, like really long hair. Like I was a, uh, like I loved heavy metal and grunge. And then it was my. My senior year, like all my football pictures, I have a full beard and like hair all the way down to the pads. Then my senior year, I cut it all off the day before picture day. And I had the short cropped cut. And like people are just like, who the fuck's this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Just to misrepresent yourself for the picture that you're going to look back on. I, I... my freshman football picture, because we didn't have to shave in the summer, I had like a full fucking beard. 
Like I was like a gorilla <laughs> playing football. It was ridiculous. That's perfect but, for football. And I did one one year. I just cut it all off. I'm like, I'm never cutting my hair off again. Yeah, no, I I can't do something where it goes forward. If I try to do it forward, like like some little bangs, like a Caesar. A Caesar kind of goes forward on your head. It's short though, but I look real molesty with with a haircut. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to go back. I don't know why. That's what it does to me every time. I've tried. I've tried. Yeah, oh, I, I'm like, sir, uh, how you doing out there? You know, like you can, I can't even walk down the street that way. So yeah, I tried. <laughs> oh, God. People get concerned. Pull <laughs> their kids in a little tighter. <laughs> My little guy. Every morning when he's getting ready for school, he puts his hair into a mohawk. Like, he just does it, and he thinks it's the coolest thing. And I'm like, how does he know that's, like, punk rock? Like, is he reading, like, kids' books at preschool that are like, here's Rancid? You know, like, I, I kind of show some punk in it. Like, especially newer cartoons, they have some, like, cooler punkish hairstyles. Mm. I can't think, like, what is it, Fairly Odd Parents or something like that? Like, they've got some punk in them. Now, does he do, like, a... A big mohawk because like a little one was in style for a while. I used to do the little mohawk. The yeah, it was like, a little one. It was shaved pretty short around the sides, and then yeah, just you just press it toward the middle and kind of yeah, toward the front. Is. That little faux hawk they calling it. Yeah, do that. He, is that. he keeps his hair real short, but then he'll just like push it up into this like. He he says he looks like a dinosaur, and that's why he's into it. But, oh. Coolest kid ever. <laughs> I'm like, all right, buddy. Be yeah, he's doing it right. Like, he's doing something. <laughs> That's what's up. I love it. Okay, so I, I'm moving us on to a topic that has to do with Rickadonna. You have a festival, Fringe Black Box, right? It, well, not like a festival. Yes. Can you describe what it is? Because I'm going to mess it up. Well, basically, I just want to get people who write to write for this and do something to like try to keep them being artistic. And uh, so I want a, a one act play that we can read on zoom. We're going to, depending on how many we get, we might have to cut people, but we're going to do like every Monday have mm -hmm. four one act plays be read by actors and it lets actors act. It lets writers write. And, you know, we kept the, the, to enter, we had to put some kind of financial thing on it or else everybody would just submit everything they've ever written. But I don't want to make any money on this. It's not like, uh, you know, whatever. So we kept it at $15 so I can pay the judges something for being there. And then if for some reason we make money, I'm just going to have the winner pick a charity and we'll just give the rest. But uh, it's just basically to give an excuse to get people to write and act because I feel like nothing's happening, you know. And Rickadonna, it's supposed to be like a one act play, less than twenty minutes, something like that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So I, I it, love the idea. A one and it will one act play because I was I was a little like I don't so much know what that is because Coppa was showing me the uh, the uh, advertisement for it. So, yeah. Like, can you describe that a little bit? It's basically like, I mean, they say like it's a minute a page, so basically around twenty pages, like a story. But in script form. In script form. Um, okay. And it doesn't have to be like a full circle blown away. Like a couple people sent like just the first part of a, a full length play. 
they just sent like the first 20 pages so it doesn't really have it, it builds to something but it doesn't have full closure um my one friend uh christian was thinking of submitting he wrote a scene about when jim henson met uh uh who's that guy? paul uh the guy with the big glasses that sings the rainbow connection i don't remember it sounds like something Cobble would know but when he went mm, i knew it. <laughs> <laughs> i but love he, that song he wrote a uh, scene about the first there's a story about them meeting in a studio they met in a studio and uh henson had the like even though it was strictly sound he had to like use kermit and he like had to duck down and do it to sing it with him because he couldn't just do kermit he had to really like become kermit or whatever and he wrote a scene and i was like you better submit that because it was really good but <laughs> awesome. yeah and I d- couple you're submitting i believe i am submitting something now i've never huh? seen a one-act play in my life um <laughs> And I'm not saying that trying to sound cool. I think I wish I was more cultured. Okay, but but you know I'm I'm a complete novice to this. But I think when I saw the advertisement, it did exactly what you were kind of alluding to. Like creative people want to try to create things. So I say, you know, I I'm always looking for a new project, something to write. So I put something together. Awesome. I don't know if it will be anywhere close to like the level of writing that would be expected or the format or whatever. I'm going to send it in. Send it in. I mean, it, you know what a script looks like. You know, the dialogue. I have a little kid sneaking around. Come here, buddy. <laughs> oh, come here. Come here. You can call John Coppola a hack. <laughs> <laughs> You can say what everybody else has been saying. Oh, there he is. Hey. <laughs> Don't worry, CG won't kill you. <laughs> you can't tell I'm a giant with just my face on the on the podcast. <laughs> so, and Siege, are you thinking about maybe writing something for it or no? Yeah, I kind of am. I kind of want to wrap my head around what is it comedy, Rickadonna? It can be anything. I mean, uh, you know, serious. It can be funny. I, and I mean, like, I I really love the idea of like we have a couple people that were like, oh, this was published and this was you know whatever. We have a couple people who said they never written before. They just were you know interested. And the funny thing is, is in a one act, I mean, everybody's on equal playing fields. You know, you got around twenty pages, and like. It's so funny because on the website there's like, well, we should have some, you know, questions about what what people might ask. And they're like, how strict are you about the thing? I go, I don't give a shit. I just don't want to, like, read the Godfather trilogy. You know, like, yeah. if it's 25 minutes, it's a half hour, whatever. Like, just let's keep it around 20 minutes. Yeah. And uh, I, I if, just want- What if it's more like 10? That's even better. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's I'm like, off to a good start. <laughs> to me, it's all about just having um, people stretch that that muscle, with, whether they're acting or they're writing in it. And um, I also, I think a lot of people want to watch it. You know, I think a lot of people would love to tune in and go, yeah, I'm going to watch four on a Monday. I'm going to watch four short stories. Rick Adana, what's the difference to you 
um, between a one act and a sketch, like a 10 or 20 page sketch? Is it kind of similar in a sense? Yeah. I mean, the only in my head, the idea of a sketch is usually that it's like a comedy and a one act is it might be dramatic. It might okay. be funny. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's stereotypically, you think of a sketch and you think of somebody wearing a wig or doing a character, but it could be anything. And even that's fine. If somebody wanted to submit something where they're playing a crazy character, I'm I'm down. I'll watch it. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't discriminate my entertainment. <laughs> Are you trying I to get to have cuts, right? Because I won't. Can What's you imagine? That? Minute or twenty minute Rona Ronda one act Rona. <laughs> With just Rona Ronda, and there's no other her, people. Her one woman, her Man, one woman show. <laughs> Dude, I, I feel like I actually am gonna write. That's what I'm gonna write, and then you're gonna be in it, and it's it's just gonna have the neighborhood kids who who abuse you. Basically, in it. It's not a comedy. It's a drama. It's very wrong to dip in. <laughs> you're like, oh, I don't know, dude. I just want to be smoking, I just come in that wig, smoking a cigarette, being like, I don't know why they always beat up on me. You know what I mean? That's what I want to be. <laughs> that was like way deeper than it was. It always changes. Scary. Like, <laughs> that was scary. But it like proves, it's like why the audience understands why you get picked on. Like you're yeah, a very, no, hateable, and, very hateable uh, individual. John witnessed or she wasn't Rona Ronda, she was Janice on that one show. <laughs> I I had that show that was like I was headlining and it was going great and then out of nowhere and John knew I had brought the wig on stage. I was like, I'm gonna try something a little different, you know? And then and then put it on and it just bombed. But he got to witness the original of that like like deeper, like, hey Janice, that was her name, but now it's Rona Ronda. It, by the way, this was so much fun. This is one of my favorite, like, watching my friends do stand-up experiences because the whole the whole vibe was euphoric. And Kate was on fire, and frankly, I had a good set, and the other comic had a good set. Everybody, the crowd was feeling it, and Kate was just blowing the roof off. Just really couldn't, firing on all cylinders. And she's like, all right, guys, check this out. And she puts a wig on and starts talking a different voice. And the whole crowd collectively is like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> she did it for like three minutes. And everyone's just like, you could hear a pin drop and it's just awkward. And I it's just saw. like, hey, never mind, guys. It's all good. And then she just got them I'm back bad. immediately. <laughs> She's like, I'm sorry about all that. that was- <laughs> it was one of the most awkward moments of my life. I was the only happy person in the room, but I was happy enough for everybody. I was Uh, (laughs) uh, John and his face was glowing. I bought because I was doing so well. And then I was like, guys, wait till you see this. Uh, Hi, I'm Janice. And everyone's like, what? And they just went silent. They were like, what the fuck just happened? They didn't like it. So then I had to take it off and be like, hey, I'm sorry about <laughs> <laughs> And John was, because he was like oh. the one, 
I think I told you and Zach was on the show. I think I was like, I'm going to try this. So like Ted said that before, like I got to watch John's face like glowing that I, that it bombed. <laughs> so, so embarrassingly, but God, I, love I tried, you guys. I tried to, <laughs> you know, uh, you totally made yourself, made yourself completely vulnerable. And then <laughs> Koppel said, like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I love this. It was wonderful. Um, <laughs> so the the next and possibly last topics, I feel like we can talk about this for a bit, are just your guys' thoughts on shrooms and psychedelics. Um, I wanted to bring up, this isn't, I don't know, like, Marijuana is an interesting thing because I think when you take too strong of an edible and you're not used to marijuana, it can almost act like a psychedelic. Like at least for me years and years ago when I was not used to it at all and I took too strong of a dose of an edible, I got stuck in a time loop. And I was kind of, Rickadon, I don't think you've heard this, but both CG and Koppel have heard. I was texting with you, Koppel, about it when I was like, have you ever been stuck in a time loop? I forget what you said, John, but you were like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. When she tells the story, she just says like, yeah, I smoked too much. I like ate an edible and then I got stuck in this time loop and then like finally got home. Like she passes over the time loop part. Like you should just know what that is. And I'm like, what the fuck is a time loop? What did you, you got stuck? What? And uh, you know what I'm talking about? She Rick says Adonis? many have people been have been stuck in time loop? loops before. I I want to hear because I'm I'm kind of piecing thoughts in my head of what it could be. Because uh, there's been strangest. It's things. exactly what you think it is. It's a fucking time loop. Yeah. It, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it happened at Stand Up New York Labs years ago. I took half of an edible and it was still just way too potent. I think it was like crazy good and potent. And like, I think they knew, but they thought, oh, she took half. Like she should be okay. So like it fucked my world up. I mean, I was live podcasting as it fucked me up. They only got 13 minutes in and had to stop because I went like they thought, I guess they were just like normal high, and all of a sudden I knew those like, thirteen minutes were an infinity because they kept going over and over and over not again. Yeah, not yet. Right. No, how I knew I was fucked story. up. I knew I got fucked up because they were all talking, right? They were podcasting, but I knew who was going to talk when before they talked and what they were going to say, and that's when I was like, oh, like I was like, I'm fucked up. Like I was like too tuned into something <laughs> and I was like looking at everyone and like I, I was like I was like now this person's gonna talk now this person's gonna talk and I was just like <gasps> you sound, and you sound real up. chill to be around was, <laughs> 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 yeah we need to eat some edibles together Kate <laughs> party with you at your house <laughs> take some edibles and run a marathon right <sighs> so now I, yeah, I, I've learned my lesson, but like, it was, it, it was terrifying. And I, it took me so deep into a space, like the other side. It's like, I saw angels, but everything was terrifying for some reason. Like when I saw the angel, even I was like, oh, an angel! like, it wasn't like an angel. I was like, ah! and, um, that's so, a, that's a valid reaction. 
That would be scary well, as shit to see an angel. Maybe, yeah, it was. And like, yeah. it was scary, but it was like glowing. It was like very psychedelic angel. And like, it, I, it, like, my senses had been split open too far. And like, um, my then boyfriend was driving us back home. And that's when I got stuck in the time loop. We were going around the same block in Manhattan, which Manhattan's especially, you know, it's like, the blocks already yeah, look yeah, alike, yeah. but we kept, I kept seeing, who knows what was really happening in reality at that time, but I. homeless guy kept trying to wipe <laughs> off your windshield over and over. you like, I've seen him before. I swear to God, I've seen him before. <laughs> Sorry, not cool. You, you, you became your own personal Groundhog's Day. Like you're just yeah. reliving this block over yeah. and over. Yeah, I was in a time oh loop. And I was like, we're in a time loop. We're in a time. It was definitely not his most fun. <laughs> oh, you were screaming, we're in a time loop? I don't know if I was screaming or if I, I was like, I was like this at this point. Like, I was just like, oh my God, an angel. Oh my God, we're not moving forward. Oh my gosh, it's the same street. We're in a time loop. We're in a time loop. Move forward. Like, wow. it, it was a mess. Hanging out with you is all all. All that in a bag of chips. <laughs> That's a full-time job. Wow. Well, By the way, these things are, are like legal in many states now. And that's Kate, the effect it has on Kate. <laughs> Yo, no, I've, I've had my friends who... plant medicine. I've Sorry, had you friends who are like actual like potheads who smoke all the time. And then they eat an edible and like it's too much. Yeah. Like they're tripping. They're like, sorry, man, I can't come anymore. You, you know, like, they're, yeah, it, yeah. like, flips them out. So I, I have heard edibles, like, can have that effect. Like, can be, like, like it hits you in a much different way than just, like, smoking would hit you. I've heard that. I'm very careful now about edibles because, and I've heard other comedians, I've talked about this on stage, but I don't think it's, like, original where, you know, with, with smoking, it's like that, and then you take an edible and you're like, oh, my God, I'm dying. Like, you think everything's okay, and then... It switches real quick. So for me, I have to be super careful about edibles. But since I was bringing up shrooms and psychedelics, I wanted to bring up the time loop. That edible wasn't technically a psychedelic, but it was so potent that it like spun me. I want to hear your guys' thoughts. It can be on any kind of psychedelic shrooms, DMT, Molly. I, I mean, there's so I many. I don't probably know funny. all of them. I just think it's funny how you like name the things that happen to you. Like you give them names and then and then expect people to know the names. Like, I got stuck in a time tunnel. <laughs> like, oh, my God, I got stuck in a vortex. This ever happen? You guys ever get stuck in a vortex? <laughs> got, got, got stuck in the, in the child, childish vortex again. You know, like, it's just things that, like, things that happen in your, your mind, and then they, like, and then you, like, name them. I, just, I like that. Because, like, you know, stuff does, crazy stuff does go into your mind, and you get taken to different places and stuff like that. But it's it's not easy to name them and then come back to regular life and, like, talk about the place that you named that you visited. Well, it was definitely just, like, a time loop. Like, there's no other way to talk, you know, there's no other word to describe it. Time was looping over and over. But like also, there are some things I talk about that I didn't even make up. Like I'm sure you guys don't know about the August Lions Gate portal. Like that's not me making that up. That's like an actual I, what is that? No, sounds like a film festival. I was about to say, is Mark running that? Fifteen dollars to submit gate portal. <laughs> I want to get in that lines portal. It's, that sounds fun. No, it's just like a. It's like behind a there is the time chasm. Yeah, 
You're just naming all my top credits right now. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen them in the time capsule in the Lions Gate portal. <laughs> Please give a warm welcome. <laughs> in the infinite what, what? labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be in the infinite labyrinth this May. <laughs> what is the Lions portal? I want to know. The Lionsgate portal. Like, then I was in this infinite labyrinth, and then the time loop started. And I was like, where the fuck am I? you solved three riddles. On 8-8, and that's a powerful master number. So they also say at that that particular date, like, the stars are in alignment in a certain way, that it's easier to connect to the other side. The frequencies just shift a bit. So you can like, if you're looking to open up your senses or evolve them, thank you, John. Um, <laughs> you know, that it's a good day to, to do that. They say like, if you're interested in that kind of work, you can use that day as a portal to kind of access the other side and, it's same with Halloween. Halloween's where they say the veil's thinner that day. And I really feel those vibes because even just people dressing up, it's like they're they're showing a part of their soul or their spirit. They're bringing it to the surface. Like I <laughs> I love looking around when we had like non-COVID Halloweens and people could dress up and you're like, when you just look at it that way that they're showing a part of their soul. It's so fun to look around the room. <laughs> it's extra pressure if you look at it that way. Like, what am I going to be for Halloween? I mean, I am showing a part of my soul right now. (laughs) I'm going with sexy nurse. (laughs) I was usually growing up, I was usually Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees, just some homicidal, terrifying being. That makes sense. On my way to the Halloween party, I always stop at, like, Thrift Drug and just, like, get a piece of something that's going to – like, I'll just get an eye patch. And, like, people know what an eye patch means. Like, it's a pirate. You know, or get, like, a little – just a cowboy hat. Like, that's how I've been doing it for years, dude. Sexy cowboy, sexy pirate. Pick out whatever's on the counter at Walgreens, just one item, and then I go to the Halloween party. I like – see, I I don't – I you think I would like – Halloween and I would love to like dive in but I'm just like I'll just go to the party I'll, I'll look at everybody else's stuff and be like dude that's a great costume I love the sexy pirate I love the the sexy Freddy Cougar like you guys are you guys did it like that's cool that's and awesome like, yeah, like, Donna, way to bring it, way to bring it. <laughs> why didn't you dress up and I always have to like make up an excuse and it's just like no it's just pure laziness um <laughs> Because I'm a grown man, you can always say that. That I, I feel like that works. Like if you're just like I'm a grown man. say that because I'm always dressed up when they say that, and I'm like, screw you. Uh, I hope I want John this coming Halloween, even though it's not really close, to be sexy Freddy Krueger. Actually, I would love to see John sexy pull off Krueger. sexy Freddy Krueger. So would you cut the sleeves off of the old ratty red and black striped sweater? You'd yeah, cut the shorts real sweater. high. What's that? You'd cut the shorts real high is what you'd do. Okay. Short, like maybe just biker shorts. No, like and a tiny, you, bit, tiny bit of butt cheek sticking out the bottom of the shorts. Are they jeans? If you could get your ball bag to hang down and it looks like <laughs> Freddy Cougar's face with a little makeup. <laughs> you wouldn't need makeup. Yeah, you can a little bit of a little bit of ball skin, and you draw a face on it. 
Okay, that's the type of thing that could happen in a nightmare. Like you look down and your and your ball sack is like, what do you want? <laughs> that is actually, I feel like that's happened in a Freddy Krueger movie because that's like exactly what would happen in a Freddy Krueger movie. Some Jones are ridiculous, dude. Yeah. <laughs> dude, if you do sexy Freddy Krueger, I'll dress up. Okay. <laughs> but I yeah. mean, you have to have... You could be sexy Jason Voorhees, maybe. Or sexy Mike Myers. But yeah, we'll go trick-or-treating together. It'll I'll, be I'll, be, I'll be Mike <laughs> Myers, but the one from Saturday Night Live, so I'll just annoy everyone with bad impressions. <laughs> like, oh, here's a Scottish guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like how oh, a British kid in the tub. What? If, we, if we did the sexy uh if we did the sexy uh like killers like Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers and all that, I feel like that's kind of cool cuz it's like I'm coming to get you, but like you're not that. If somebody's like attractive, you're not that upset that like they're paying attention to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like wow, like this guy's paying attention to me right now. Like I'm kind of flattered. You know, yeah. if there's an attractive Freddy, if there's an attractive murderer, like, why'd he choose my house? You see, this is what Siege has been getting by on his whole life. It's just like, <laughs> if I'm hot, they'll let me get away with it. It's fine. I could actually probably murder people. They'll still like me. <laughs> and by the way, if you look at our culture, it kind of does work that way. People Most still definitely. can't stop talking about Ted Bundy. Most yeah. definitely. If you I see someone who's pull off Patrick Bateman, it's been said. Maybe. <laughs> hey, I, I mean, <laughs> like, whenever there's like a trial, like a televised trial on TV, the reason they put it on TV is because like it's a hot woman, and they're like, "Are they really going to do this to a hot woman?" I've seen like I can't remember the names of any of them, but I remember like three in the past decade where it was like a hot woman was on trial. If it's a like, hot woman that was alleged to be the murderer or a hot woman was the victim put it on tv we need to know everything about this i mean and i was seeing ones where it was like the hot woman is the one who's in trouble and like she walks in and she's wearing like a prison jumpsuit and you and i just like a tear rolls down my eye i'm like you can't put her in there <laughs> I thought you were going to say tear rolled down here. your leg. <laughs> we need them out here. Yeah. Yeah, we can fix her. She can be redeemed. <laughs> you know, that would be a good she Netflix is, series no, if it was just like hot women in trouble. And every episode <laughs> was a little like a 25-minute documentary of this hot woman that got in trouble. It's like, yeah. Like, this is – people would – would binge the shit out of that. I would have to have dime a pieces. help. Dime, <laughs> dime pieces <laughs> doing time pieces. Yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> say it again. Dime pieces <laughs> doing time pieces. <laughs> the second pieces doesn't make sense, but pieces it's going dime pieces <laughs> every time. <laughs> um. You got to get a, uh, the, like every episode, there'll be like me with bottle cap glasses, real big, and I'll like slick my hair real hard to the side and be like, I think, you know, I'm going to go visit her and see if, um, if I can help. And, and uh, I'll, and I'll be, I'll be the fixer upper. I would love to have a show where we help hot women in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> They don't need help. Somebody's already helping them. But if we had a whole show on that, that would be great. Like, they have a bunch of people. A hot woman has plenty of people she can call to get her out of trouble. 
Yeah, this seems <laughs> like the type of brain trust that we would hold if we had all taken hallucinogens. <laughs> if Kate, if Kate was like, listen, I'm going to give you all mushrooms. Let's come up with an idea for a TV show. Go. <laughs> it's hot time pieces doing time pieces. All right. <laughs> We're up and running. That's a wrap. That's a show. It's a show. Sorry, guy. That's our I mean, show. I wish like, we Horrible. could interview them from their jail cells. And then like we like can we can bring hot clothes to dress them in and be like, look at them. And the ladies and like and there's sad music on. Sarah like, McLaughlin's oh, playing music. in the background. And, and and like at the end there's a disclaimer like this woman is definitely guilty of the crime. We we in no way we in no way are saying she's not like, but it's real sad and our like, video oh, boiling her children. <laughs> like CBS is in no way responsible for the crime that this woman committed, but she, we just wanted to show you that it's really sad that they locked her up because how hot she is. <laughs> <laughs> but like she definitely did some horrendous shit. But that's what I want the show to be. <laughs> Will there be like straight to camera testimonials from the hot woman that's locked up and from her like cellmate and stuff? And her cellmate be like, I mean, I've good. never seen somebody that pretty commit a crime that heinous. <laughs> <laughs> I, just I don't like know. It doesn't heinous. add up. It just, you don't even have to commit a crime when you look that good. <laughs> or you just don't see it in the prison system. And I've been in the system for a long time. <laughs> the real crime is that her hair looks like that when she just wakes up in the morning. Oh. Crazy. <laughs> we go into her cellmate, heinous anus, for a testimonial. <laughs> is that yeah. on your birth certificate? She's like, fucking right, it is. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you think I just made up a fake name? <laughs> oh, what was the original question? <laughs> what are your thoughts on psychedelics? I don't know. Right, yeah. psychedelics. Yeah. Oops to heinous anus. Is that her name or something? <laughs> yeah. Listen, I remember a story. Just a quick one. A quick one. I was grounded. And my friend, let's let's name him Mick Korvanoff. My friend invited. He said he got his hands on some acid, and he wanted to drop some tabs. And I was like, uh, we were like sixteen, maybe something like that. And so I pretended I had work. The only place I was allowed to go was Gennardi's to work supermarket. And so I wore my Gennardi's uniform, went to Gennardi's, Mark Mick Marky. In his car, and and took me to a girl's house, and then I remember bugging out for a while in the basement, and then finally somebody delivered some alcohol, and so taking shots, taking shots. All right, I'm not bugging out anymore. And then basically by the end of it, I was just wearing my Gennardi's apron with no shirt on, like real comfortable, just chilling with the guns out, with the Gennardi's apron naked underneath, and so with the with the girls, and you then ready back off. Make them, Who's ready for some bunch of Exactly. And then got dropped dropped back off at Gennardi's in my whole Gennardi's gear. I'm waiting outside for my dad to come. And the manager comes out. He's like, you work tonight? I'm like, no. 
it was awkward. It was awkward because I had to tell him. I was like, actually, I'm grounded. I went. He was like, good idea. And then I was like, oh, he's kind of a scumbag. Cool. So like, that's my story basically. I don't. I don't remember much about the actual tripping, except I didn't enjoy it very much. I was scared and alone. No, I wasn't. Apple, how do you feel about psychedelics? What are your thoughts? Um, honestly, I freaking love psychedelics. Uh, they were a big part of my uh, early 20s. And I had an acid guy in college, which is dangerous. You should never have an acid guy. No one and ever has an acid guy. No, it's something that accidentally falls into your lap. And then you might think it would be cool if I knew somebody that always had acid, but that, then you quickly realize, not quickly enough, you realize, like, maybe it's not so good that I know somebody that's always holding acid. I met this dude who was like, yeah, I got acid on me at all times. It's $5 a hit. And then I got Jewish on his ass real quick. I'm allowed to say it because I'm Jewish. But yeah. I was like, so it's $5 a hit. I guess what you're telling me is that I could probably get five hits for $20. And he was like, uh, yeah, sure. And then it became a game every time I saw him where it's like, I'm going to buy in bulk because that's a deal. Like $5 a hit is expensive or something. <laughs> I don't know why I had to do that. But since, <laughs> since he let me do it, I was always lousy with acid. I had acid on me at all times, and I would like, I would take a hit just by myself, and then I would go party with everyone and just have a good time. Next day, I would tell you know one of my good friends like we had fun last night, right? Could you tell I was tripping balls? And like you were, like maybe I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I guarantee now that you're a, a dad and a, a you you shop at Sam's Club. <laughs> I don't. No. In, in fact, I've got packages coming to my house that my wife orders all the time. I don't ask what anything costs. I don't even know. It was just a weird thing I had with drugs. It's like I want to know what I'm spending to. Mm -hmm scramble my brain right now so yeah i had fun with it i remember um one time i was in amsterdam and i convinced one of my buddies to do to eat some shrooms with me he wanted to do it all right i i didn't have to convince him and but he was worried about whether he was going to bug out and i gave him the pep talk of a lifetime i was like listen man people huh. bug out because they start to feel it and they fight against it. So just remember, you want to shroom. This is your choice, okay? And if you don't want to, then let's not do it. But That's I think you the best thing I ever heard. What you just said right there, like I moved yeah. my heart after you said <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Go get some mushrooms. <laughs> no, I was like, so listen, lean into it. If you're feeling, be like, hey, this is the whole reason why I did it in the first place. Don't like try to fight against it. And if something happens that you don't like, it ain't even real. Fuck it. It's just not even real. He's like, okay, cool. So then we ate some mushrooms. We hung out at this coffee shop. You know, we were smoking. We were drinking. We were having a good time. And then we left. And we're walking around in Amsterdam. Everything's hunky-dory. Amsterdam's beautiful. We go down one road, uh, you know, and they've got the canals. And the paramedics are pulling a dead body out of a canal. It's <laughs> not real. This is he, not real. This he looks at real. me and he's like, it's not even real, bro. It's not even real. <laughs> it's like, ah. 
Because <laughs> I told him, like, if something happens you don't like, it's not real. And he was like, cool, thanks, good. nuts. By the way, CG froze. I know. And, and such a, a great spot, too, where you're telling the story, just like... <laughs> he went zen on us. <laughs> um, He's meditating, praying for your soul. <laughs> but to be like... To be like tripping on shrooms and to see a dead body is pretty insane. Yeah. We didn't actually. Oh. They didn't let us get involved in the paramedic. Portion. So <laughs> funny you're saying they didn't let us get involved. So I love psychedelics, but in tiny doses. Mm. So my thing was is like taking just enough to lube up your brain to make you not know, like you know, like. Hmm, maybe that maybe that tree is breathing. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. We'll see. I, I and I would do it and go hiking. Um or I would go to museums like in New York City. It would be like, all right, we're just gonna take a real little bit and then go to a museum. And you look at the painting and you just appreciate the colors and how the brush strokes are. Like you become like a, an art critic, even though I, I'm just a dumb idiot from Ohio. But like all of a sudden, I'm like, I see what they were going for with the way they used their brush stroke. Oh my god! But uh, there was a couple times where we had it, and I, my roommate and I. And it's so so funny because he was sober. He didn't drink, but he would take mushrooms with me, and uh, we took mushrooms and we was walking around Queens, and I thought I was a cop, and there was a cop. There was like five cops had a car pulled over. And they, like, had them surrounded and shit. And uh, I walked right up to the cop. I was like, you guys got this handled or you need some backup? <laughs> and the cop's looking at me like, nah, I think good. <laughs> and then my roommate started freaking out because he was like, you you were just walking over. Like, this was an episode of Law and & Order. And you were like, uh, you want me to check out the body? I could probably solve this. Um, like, I, I, like, you acted like you were a notch above, like you were a fed. And you were like, yeah. if you guys need me to step in and take over this, <laughs> this operation. I'm surprised I didn't get arrested. Like, I'm like, I will like, walk over. Just like, you guys need some backup? Are you good? What's... And they're like, oh, let's get out of here. <laughs> you know, microdosing is what's up, though. Like yeah. that's the way to approach it at this point in our lives, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. And it's the same with the edibles. You were talking about the edibles. I had, and this was back in the day when it wasn't legal anywhere. I had a friend who would get me space cookies from Amsterdam, and they're like one cookie is like enough for like fifty people. There was just so strong and horrible and. You had to really like guess, like you had to guess how much to take, and it was like it was hor yeah. horrible. Too scary. And people would make homemade hot brownies, and it's like <laughs> it, it, one person would like freak out, and like four other people would be like, "I don't even have a buzz. I don't. This didn't work." Yeah, so edibles was always it scared me, but now that they're like legit and done, where you know exactly how much is in each thing yeah. you can plan better and now i like edibles more than actually smoking at, at this point in our lives i think that most of us i can't speak for everyone but i don't want to be completely whacked out of my head i want to be like 10 15 degrees off you know just throw me off a, a little give me give me a tinge of of that 
and then I'm good. Loosen up, right? It's like if you know, it, it's to ultimately try to loosen up, have fun, and when you when it tips too far into like fear or other things coming up, then obviously that sucks. You know what I mean? When it's, yeah. But I think we've I, all had to learn that as adults, right? Like when you're kids and you're first trying it out. But that's why I wish there were more honest conversations. And we'll wrap this up in a second because I don't want to get all like, let's redo the D.A.R.E. program on us. But um, it honestly <laughs> should be redone because when you just do a blanket statement, you know, like they're all bad. Don't ever touch them. Like it doesn't actually stop anyone from doing that. But then they can actually have really bad trips or overdoses i think from that mentality so i think it's each person's unique relationship to each substance you know you can't just say well maybe some things are bad maybe meth isn't the best <laughs> maybe we'll say that's not something i don't know i've never done meth so but like you know what i'm saying like it's each person's individual relationship to marijuana or to acid like like copal back in the day you know what i'm saying like it doesn't affect everyone the same and everyone has a different way of navigating it so i yeah. just think there needs to be more honest less fearful conversations had with kids and just adults in general because yeah well i think there's also just the acknowledgement of the way that we're constructed and people th throughout recorded history people have wanted to be altered so yes. to just come down on kids and say how terrible and how wrong i mean i i think that's better than the opposite let's not encourage it in kids but you know yeah. acknowledge like there's this devious part of us that wants <laughs> you know to get a little bit yeah. twisted um but you know let's talk about what's responsible and what's not yeah, yeah. exactly preach all right we'll <laughs> wrap this up um, god i love you guys oh, love you guys Wait, so like, well, no, I'll have Rick it on. I'm going to have you exit it after we do our wrap-ups. I want you to do your your radio wrap-up. Okay. But, but um, first of all, Koppel, where can people find you and your podcast, all your stuff? All right. Um, Peaks is my podcast. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, you can follow me on the Grand Peaks underscore podcast. Look me up on Facebook. And, um, yeah, be good. Get vaccinated, people. Get the vac. Don't be whack. Get the vac. <laughs> yeah, that's my slogan. <laughs> if you want. We're not going to pressure, but okay. Um, I probably will get it when it's available to me. I don't know why I felt the need to go to say that on the end of your... <laughs> you, did I pressure you? <laughs> the end that throws me off a little where you're like, take care of the planet, everyone. And I'm like, and then I always feel like, be like yeah. Take care of her. Anyway. Um, Make sure to recycle. Thanks yeah. a lot. You always add it, and I always like fall for it, because like, I don't expect it. <laughs> I'm like, well, if you want to get vaccinated, that could be a great idea. Like, I always feel yeah. this annoying urge to say to like, all my listeners, like, do you, boo? And I should have just let you roll with your... Just jokes. let me roll with my good vibes. Hey, John Koppel, thank you so much for having me. Give your clothes to Goodwill if you're not wearing it. Thanks again. <laughs> And I never know which organization it's going to be for. Uh, <laughs> just such a benevolent thing. Yeah, know. it's imp it's important that we all give blood. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Rick and Donna, where can people find you? Um, the for me, the podcast go to Twitch.tv. Drinks jokes. The letter N storytelling. 
Um, that's where we've been pretty much hanging out with uh, our podcast, and we have different ones every day, so it's a lot of fun. Um, March 19th, next Friday, I don't know when this is airing, but uh, March 19th, um, I have a movie called Dark State that I produced, and it's out uh, select cities. It's like Austin, New York, L.A., right outside of Chicago, right outside of Dallas, and um, somewhere in Utah. And uh, <laughs> But it'll be out. It's called Dark State, the Dark State movie. We were so fortunate that uh, we my friend Tracy wrote it and she directed it and I was a producer on it, but, uh, it's not about, um, what you probably think it is. It, it, it's not a tinfoil hat. Um, crazy people whatever. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. Go see it and judge for yourself. But, um, it was named that before all this happened. <laughs> hey, congratulations. I'm, I'm sure it was, I know it was a lot of work and it's really yeah. cool that it's getting this kind of start and, and it's getting shown in, in so many places. It's awesome. Happy yeah. for you. Yeah. Super oh, pumped yeah. for that. But, and thank you for having me on Kate and John and Siege, even though he's not here right now. Um, you can follow him, CG.Erickson on Instagram and TikTok. And then for me, uh, the Kate Wolf Twitter Instagram, TikTok, and Kate Fanchon Wolf. And uh, yeah, if you want a healing, kwolf27 at gmail.com. And Rick and Donna, I'll let you do your radio wrap up. You've been listening to Kate Wolf and the gang discussing all things important. Make sure you tune in, follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you do your socials. I'm Casey Kasem. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.